You're listening to the Be A Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 293. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, a master coach and ex-criminal prosecutor. I created Be A Better Lawyer podcast for driven lawyers like you who want more from life than sitting behind a desk. You've been playing by other people's rules. Those rules have left you overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and feeling like a hamster on a wheel. I've been there. I was doing everything people told me to do to be successful, working late nights, weekends, and trying to make everyone happy. So why wasn't I happy? And I wanted more in life. When was I going to find time to find and pursue that? Well, I did, and I'm sharing with you my secrets to living a happier and more fulfilling life. This podcast gives you a lifetime of wisdom, mindset principles, and bedrock strategies to give you unshakable confidence, more time to pursue your goals, a powerful sense of purpose to uplevel your life in law practice, and so much more. These are things we were never taught in law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. How much time do you spend second-guessing your decisions? If you added up all the time you spent worrying you made a wrong decision, would it be more than an hour, a day, a week, longer? So the other night, I had a great conversation at a neighborhood Christmas party, and it made me want to record this episode. It made me realize I spend very little time second-guessing my decisions, and I don't think it's always been that way. I do still have moments, but then I immediately redirect my brain, and it barely registers, and it became really apparent to me in this conversation. This conversation really highlighted that I needed to and I wanted to articulate my process for you to help you when you are second guessing yourself. So this is something that I want to offer you in every single episode is to begin observing your mind, really slowing it down and starting to observe it. It's a tool I teach my clients and I know that you can do it too just by listening to these episodes and beginning to, when you hear one, take it through your week. Notice when you're second guessing yourself. Notice how you're feeling when you're second guessing yourself, what you're doing. Because when you start to slow down your brain, you're able to change anything, any habit. And second-guessing yourself is a brain-based habit. And I really want to offer this to you so that you can begin changing the story in your brain. Because we can't even question our brain unless we deserve it, uh, observe it. And I did a whole episode on this. I will link to it in the show notes. Before I get into the conversation I had, I want to address why releasing a habit, because it's a brain-based habit, the habit of second-guessing yourself is so important. I see second-guessing come up with lawyers in a lot of different areas. Did I make the right decision to go out on my own? Did I make the right decision to raise my rates? Did I make the right decision to hire that assistant? Did I make the right decision to become an attorney? The fascinating part is second guessing doesn't actually solve for anything you're thinking about. It just makes you miserable. It keeps your brain busy, but it doesn't do anything but spin in uncertainty and self-doubt. Maybe you feel conflicted. 
And when you feel these feelings, you will likely notice that you are unfocused, you're distracted, you're ruminating for hours on end about the same area without solving for it. You're unproductive. That's because uncertainty and self-doubt are not problem-solving feelings. All of this I just described for you is a habit, just like how you tie your shoes or your morning routine or what you order at your favorite restaurant. It's all a habit. It's not a personal defect. It's not who you are as a person. It's simply a habit your brain is in of second-guessing yourself, and you can release that habit with practice. You cannot get into actual problem solving until you address what you're feeling when you're second guessing yourself and give yourself permission to feel it without judgment. Then you can begin doing the work of having your own back no matter what decision it was that you made. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you how I address self-doubt and uncertainty, how to have your own back no matter what decision you've made, and how to know the difference between making a decision from attachment and making a high-quality decision. When you become conscious of your second guessing and do what I share in this episode, you will begin unraveling that habit and creating the confidence in your decisions that I now have, which I didn't realize I had so much confidence in my decisions until this conversation really highlighted it. And if you're considering raising your rates, but you're afraid to, I want you to stay till the end because I talk specifically on this. All right. So let me tell you a story and I promise I will make the story relevant to you and your law practice. So two weeks ago, I bought a brand new car. I traded in my cute little sports car for an all-wheel drive that would be more practical for the mountains in Sedona where I'm moving next year. It was a really easy decision, but it felt hard putting into action because I had a lot of attachment to my sports car. I had this cute little Miata. It was exactly the car I wanted. It was my first new car. And when I sat in the driver's seat of this car, I I tell you, I felt a whooshing sensation, almost like it was like, oh my gosh, this is the one. Now that might sound silly, but it's 100% true. I remember the date I purchased it and it also was a bit of a status symbol, right? It's such a weird thing that as humans get into as if my having this car meant anything about my status, but it's a story and it was all part of the stories I had about this car that really created an attachment, right? And if you notice yourself having difficulty parting with anything in your life, you have an attachment. An attachment is just a habit of thinking about something. A quote attributed to the Buddha is the root of suffering is attachment. Attachment to an object or a person, to an idea, to a story you have or a belief that you have. Attachment is a fixed idea you have about how things should be. Non-attachment doesn't mean that we don't love something or we don't appreciate something. It simply means that we allow that object, idea, person, whatever, to be what they are and not impose a fixed idea onto them or require it to be a certain way. So for me, I was attached to the Miata and the beliefs I had surrounding what it meant for me to possess it. I knew logically that it didn't make sense for me to have two cars, two insurance payments, two responsibilities, 
And it made much more sense for me to trade it in and buy a new car that really made sense for me moving to the mountains where it was going to be driven. And there was another part of my brain that, of course, told me a different story. That story was the habitual story I was telling myself over the years that this was the one and that it felt so good to have it. And this is where our possessions or relationships or a belief that we hold can be like a drug. We can know that it is not good for us and still go back to it again and again, right? Just like the story, it's an attachment. And that's when the things you possess come to possess you. That's a quote attributed to the author of Fight Club, but my dad was saying that to me years before that movie came out. So I think it was said somewhere else first. It's a truism. And you know it's true in your bones when you sit with it. So I could observe this tennis match going on in my brain about the Miata, but I knew absolutely this was the right decision. So I reminded myself of that during the trade-in process and the buying process. I was conscious that my brain wanted to hold on to the habit of attachment. Because I was conscious about it, I could release it. The decision became easier. I sold myself on the car I bought during the buying process. And even now, I'm still selling myself on the car I bought. I've made friends with my car. When I go into the garage or I sit in it, I tell it how amazing it is and how thankful I am I get to drive it. And I remind myself of all the reasons it's the perfect car for me. It was a great decision. It's safer. It's more comfortable. It's roomier. It has so many more advantages than my Miata. If there's an emergency, I can take my pets and my mom and be able to fit in supplies. It beeps when little kids run behind it. That happened the other day, you know, so I don't hit anyone. And all of this is selling myself on the decision I made. It's conscious. We have to do this for ourselves. Well, I mean, we don't have to. We can suffer and we can worry and doubt ourselves and think we made the wrong decision and feel horrible. That's another option. But that brings me to my lovely neighbor who shared her experience, which was very similar to mine. We both cried in the dealership when we decided we were going to trade in our cars. We both had stories about what the cars meant to us, and we both knew we were ultimately making the right decision trading in the cars. But my neighbor was second-guessing her decision and had been for weeks. She even considered buying back her car, even though she knew it didn't make sense financially, and it would cost her a fortune to keep repairing it because it was it was going downhill. And she told herself that she was confused and didn't know what to do, and it felt horrible. This is what it's like when we second-guess ourselves. We tell ourselves we don't know what to do or question whether or not we made the right decision instead of reminding ourselves why we made the decision in the first place, then selling ourselves on that decision. This is what I mean when I say have your own back. Having your own back means being your own best friend no matter what decision you make. And I knew I was going to feel sad no matter the car I purchased to replace the Miata. There was no right decision for me in terms of a car. It was only what did I think would make the most sense for me, right? What were my preferences? So I didn't try to not feel sad about trading in my car. I let it be. I let myself be sad. I, did, I Even when I was crying in the dealership, I was just like, okay, well, you guys are going to have to deal with it because I really had a lot of feelings about it. I released the car. I said goodbye. 
Okay. It doesn't mean I don't, I don't love that little car, but I'm also very honest about it. I'm not just in my stories about how it's the one. I, it was honestly starting to feel uncomfortable. There was a, a creak every time I used the clutch. It felt I felt really unsafe in it, especially after I was hit by a, a semi truck last year on the freeway. Thank God we were going slow, but it was just it, it wasn't all rainbows and da- daisies. Like there really were some things. Like it, I I'm trying to be honest with myself about it. Right? It makes sense. We need to sell ourselves on the decisions, and we need to be honest about the decisions that we're making and why we're making them. So there were a lot of amazing things about my little car too, but there were reasons I I needed to let it go, that I wanted to let it go. And I had to remind myself of those things. I basically offered to my neighbor what I've shared here with you to help her navigate her emotions around her new car. She was focused so much on what the old car meant to her emotionally that she wasn't focused on all the reasons she made her decision in the first place. Okay. And that's something I want to offer to you if you're second guessing yourself in any area of your life or your practice. Are you focusing on the attachment you have of the way you think things are supposed to be or what you're used to, the old habit, the way of being? Or are you focusing on all the reasons why you made the decision you made in the first place? This is where I want to share with you how to know if you're making the right decision. And I'm going to put right in quotation marks here. First, I used to believe there was no such thing as a right decision. So you may have even heard me say that on the podcast, that there's only decisions and then you decide if they're right or not. And that's true for most things, like when we're deciding what your rates are or when you're deciding how you're going to use your time in your practice, hiring decisions, firing decisions, et cetera. For most things, there are no right decisions. And I want to emphasize this for you if you're second guessing yourself because second guessing is a perfectionistic behavior. And if you are second guessing yourself, you likely think that you need to make all the quote unquote right decisions to be successful or to prevent people from thinking bad things about you. But the more I've experienced life, the more deeply I've connected with myself, the more I know in my bones when I'm making a decision that is right for me in the bigger perspective of my life, like who I spend time with, where I live, what I do for a living, what I possess. These are things that I now think about and I now know in my bones, Ah, yeah, that's a yes or that's a no. It's very clear. There's no doubt. Now, just because there's no doubt that that's the right decision doesn't mean it doesn't feel hard. So a decision may feel hard because I'm giving up an attachment. It doesn't always feel good, but I know it's exactly what I must do and that I must give up an attachment. And I know there's really big growth for me on the other side of giving up that attachment. I just want to make that distinction for you here because it's like deep in your bones, let's say you have kids, deep in your bones, you know the right decision is to jump in front of a moving car to save the life of your child, right? (laughs) Like, you know, that's the right decision. It's just a deep in your bones decision. Yes, of course, I'm going to do that. It's like, oh, it may feel hard, 
but you know it's the right decision to make. Those kind, like you have that feeling in your body and it's important to start connecting with that to help you understand the difference, that distinction between am I making a decision from an attachment or am I making a decision because I know deep down this is the right thing for me? So that brings me to the second part of making a quote unquote, right decision for yourself. And that's understanding the difference between making a decision based on an attachment and making a high quality decision. When we make decisions, it's really important to notice there's what we want that we know is in service of our best interests. And then there are our attachments. When we make a high quality decision, we can recognize that we have an attachment and we can release it. Just because you feel bad that you're making a decision, like you might feel bad in your body, right? Like giving up a relationship that just doesn't feel good anymore, but it just, you feel that attachment and you just, you're having a hard time letting it go. But you know, you know that relationship's no good for you or releasing a car that no longer serves you or leaving a job that no longer lights you up. It doesn't mean it's a wrong decision. You can second guess yourself, but that's because you're having an attachment, right? You know what the right decision is, but you might be feeling like it's a hard thing to do because you have an attachment and that's okay. We're going to, we're going to run through it again, how to release that attachment if you didn't catch it, but know that it's something that is normal. It doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't mean that you don't know what to do. It is a normal feeling. Okay. Third, I want to offer to you that no matter the decision you make, everything will always be okay. It's, it, you know, your decisions may not have a big impact on you at all, right? Like would it have really made a huge impact in my life if I had held on to my car and had two insurance bills? Probably not. It would have been a bit wasteful in my opinion and a little bit of a hassle moving, but you know, my life still would have been fine. Same goes if you're second guessing a hiring decision. Would it have been nice if you'd been able to see the red flag sooner? Sure. But in the big scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. You're going to learn from this and you'll hire someone else or you'll train them. Same goes if you're second guessing yourself going out on your own. Maybe there are things that you would have done differently, but if you take a step back, are you okay? Yeah. And you can always get another job or learn how to market your services better. I like to remind myself that I am always okay. Everything has always been okay and it's always going to be okay. And that ultimately I'm going to figure things out. So this isn't especially this is especially important if you if you've, you know, kind of veered off, come back to me. This is especially important to remind yourself of when you're second guessing yourself and spinning on whether or not you should have decided to do things differently. You will always be okay. So let me do a quick recap of what to do when you're second guessing your decisions. One, notice that you're second guessing yourself. How do you feel in your body? Uncertainty, self-doubt, conflicted, maybe even sad because you know you're releasing an attachment. Allow yourself, this is number two, allow yourself to feel that feeling. Don't tell yourself you shouldn't feel that way. Don't tell yourself that it's stupid or silly, right? Notice it. Describe to yourself how it feels in your body. Let it be. Don't fight it or tell yourself that it's stupid or wrong. And this is like, this is, you know, lesson number one with compassion with yourself. And number three, once you've allowed yourself to feel what you're feeling and let it be okay, ask yourself, 
why you made the decision that you did. You had good reasons or you would not have done it. Show your brain those reasons. Or now that you've shown your brain all the reasons that you made the decision that you did, do you want to sell yourself on that decision? You have a choice. You can always buy back the trade-in, so to speak. But if you think your decision makes sense, then it's a high-quality decision and not one made from attachment. Do you want to sell yourself on that decision? Number five, if you are a yes, you do want to sell yourself on that decision and have your own back, then sell yourself on that decision daily. Remind yourself that you made this decision on purpose. It makes sense for you now. It doesn't have to be that way for always, but right now it's a great decision. Six, no matter what you decide, everything will always be okay. And when it comes to things like hiring decisions and raising your rates, remember, you can always change your mind. In fact, I tell my clients who know it's time to raise their rates but are afraid to do that because they think that people are going to stop hiring them, that, you know, just make a decision about what you want to do. This is a high quality decision, not made from attachment of how things have always been or what you think, you know, people are going to think about you. Then implement it. Okay, then you'll tell new clients for two to three weeks your new rate. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel all the feelings every time you give that rate. You're not going to discount your rate. You're just going to give that number out. And then if you're getting lots of no's and you're not getting any yeses, right, then you can always redecide your rate. You don't need to suffer in second guessing yourself. One decision is not going to make or break you. I promise you that. And if you are loving this podcast and you want to take the work we do here to the next level to feel more confidence and peace while practicing law, I want to invite you to work with me one-on-one. If this is something that interests you, book a strategy session with me. During our time in that session, I will help you get clarity on your next steps and what's good for you. And by the end of our call, if you love what you learn, then we can decide if working together is a good fit for us both. You can book a strategy session at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. So thank you for listening. And as always, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye. Bye.